0: everyone welcome to the real kill podcast this is episode one we're gonna talk about our story typically we will have a disclaimer at the beginning of every episode to let you know that we are not experts on what we are uh the the subject matter that we're covering but today we are the experts on our story tyler how are you doing today
1: i'm doing all right
0: you seem tired
1: I am tired. We did yard work yesterday. I'm a little tired. Um, As far as weekends go, I'm always a little more uh, melancholic, I guess, melancholy Um, on Sundays because...
0: We call those the Sunday blues. Sunday
1: blues. I think that's something probably everyone can relate to. The anticipation of a weekend and then the weekend being over far sooner than what you planned on and maybe not accomplishing everything you hope to or wanted to so um but i think in general i'm pretty good it's cold today in terms of how the weather's been it's i mean it's in mid 40s but it's kind of cloudy and gloomy so it's a good day to sit inside and record a podcast so hannah how are you doing today
0: i am good i'm also kind of tired uh we just got back from a walk not too long ago and yeah it is cold outside but um i felt like it smelled like snow outside which i'm getting excited for winter
1: yeah, there's definitely a vibe that it's colder than what it actually is. I know. It's weird.
0: Yeah, and Grace, guys. Anyway, um, so today we are, like I mentioned, talking about our story. So let's dive right in. Our story starts in 2015, September of 2015. Um, I was starting my first big girl job, um, I had just graduated in December of 2014 worked at starbucks actually um while i was trying to figure out what it was that i was meant to do i uh, don't know what i'm meant to do but i think we're still all right, is that a lifelong thing or do you eventually figure that out i'd like to know but i started at the company that you were working at at the time in uh like i said september of 2015 you'd been working there for several years
1: about uh two and a half years
0: and i was petrified to start that job. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any confidence in myself as a professional. Um, So I was very, very nervous. I was being passed around uh, the first day to meet everybody in the office, uh, as you do. And I first met you in the kitchen of the floor that we worked on. And I remember thinking, Ooh, he's tall. He's cute, <laughs> uh, Tyler. For anyone who's not directly related to us, doesn't actually know us, uh, Tyler, you're uh, you're six five, six four. I
1: rudely, yeah, I had to do um, biometric screening for health insurance purposes a year ago, and they informed me that I was only six four, and I'd been telling everyone for years that I was six five.
0: So, so we, you started off our relationship based on a lie. That was the first thing. I-,
1: <laughs> I did. You were like, how's the weather up there? And I was like... <laughs> I
0: definitely did not throw that line at you. Uh, but yeah, I remember thinking, oh, he's cute. And then I promptly forgot about you as soon as I got back to my desk. I forgot pretty much everybody that I met right away.
1: As it should be when you're starting a new job. You're supposed to be learning the job, not flirting with the people that are already there. I was
0: not flirting. At that point, I was just trying to learn everybody's names. And it was... It's the worst thing to do on somebody's first day to have them be introduced to 20-plus people because you're not going to remember it. To
1: anyone I've ever met and don't regularly interact with, I don't care if you told me your name or not, I will not remember it because I have so much social anxiety when it comes to meeting new people and doing new things that I, my brain, it's like flipping a switch. It just turns off when somebody introduces themselves. I'm like... Well, you start
0: uh, thinking about how you are being perceived and what are you gonna say to I'm keep a, the conversation flowing. I'm way more
1: worried about how I'm going to say my name or introduce say my name, say my name. I'm way more worried about how I'm gonna introduce myself to someone and not do or say something awkward, like start singing like that. Um, so I just completely I completely blank out and then I will spend the rest of forever never addressing someone by name. Cause even if I'm confident in someone's name, I will I have this Irrational fear of calling someone by the the wrong name, so I will which, never. Which
0: what's that. the worst that could happen if you do that? They're gonna say, "Oh, actually, it's Tina, not Florida." And I Florida. will remember that, for Florida, the rest
1: of Florida. Yeah, you know, Tina, <laughs> Tina in Florida, and I will remember that for the rest of my life that I messed up that person's name. I'll be at three o'clock in the morning. I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, "I can't." that one i can't believe that one time i totally messed up florida's name and called her flora <laughs>
0: we just finished watching uh the uh, haunting
1: of bly manor and
0: i was going for flora and instead I said florida <laughs> also that reminded me of that one um it was on tumblr it was like me lying in bed at 5 a.m. Why did that guy honk at me at 67th and Massachusetts Street on September 14th of 2015? Exactly.
1: But I do feel that way all the time. It's not a joke. Tumblr is my real life <laughs> or something like that. Um, as you can see, taking anything uh, seriously is going to be a challenge for us, and we're probably going to have a lot of deviations. So um, anyway.
0: I think our next interaction was there was a pizza party downstairs. It was at some point during my first week there, and I remember – I'm pretty sure – I don't think you remember this, but you were wearing like a denim shirt, and I was wearing a denim shirt, and I think that was one of the things that I was like, oh, you stalker. I think that's what what my words were basically, were like, oh, you copied my outfit. You outfit copier, something like that. You don't remember this. I
1: I don't remember that. I loosely remember it. I loosely remember the pizza discussion, and I think I probably at this point was already – curious and probably... I don't remember if I did the thing where I tried to get down there first and then let her sit by me or if I tried to sit close or We were whatever. at the
0: end of the table and I was on the longer side. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember you were behind me in the line and I passed you one of the paper plates, which was mine. My- and that's it.
1: That's, that's our story. The deal was sealed because she passed me a plate and...
0: I sealed the deal. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah, that's it. It was that, that's that's the end of our story right there is the, the magic passing. Then we got the married plan. and then yeah, that was it. it.
0: <laughs> the end. Um, so we did end up in the right place at the right time pretty often during that first couple of weeks. So I started on September 14th and we became a couple on we went on our first date on October 11th and became a couple on October 15th. I remember all of these dates for whatever reason. Um, So it happened pretty quickly, and at the beginning...
1: It definitely felt slower than that as it's happening. Um, I will say that you did most of the pursuing early on, so I don't know at what point you decided, um, oh, I'm going to remember who this person is now after you forgot about me after the first day or whatever. But um, I think we both probably try to intentionally put ourselves in places where we may be able to have interactions or whatever. You
0: more so than me, I think. Because I wasn't as – I don't know. like I Actually, no. I, I take that back because but there was – That's not true at all. Huh?
1: That's not true at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Your desk was right by this
1: um, – What she referred to previously as the copy coff- – No, she referred to previously as the kitchen. It's actually a – copy coffee, coffee room because it's where you get coffee and make copies <laughs> there's it, a big
0: printer and fax machine yes, in there
1: there's a and a fridge and a water cooler so and an, ice maker. And an ice maker and a sink it's not really a kitchen but
0: yeah you were making coffee when i first went in there not making a copy anyway um yeah where where your desk was was right by what we called the library it was a like a long cabinet that had a bunch of books, references that we could go to. Yeah, my desk
1: was in the place where, like, the hot spot for literally everything. So I had the copy coffee, coffee room behind me. I had the mailboxes behind me. I had the library to my left. So basically, I always knew anytime anybody was going anywhere or doing anything because yeah. it was a like a high traffic zone.
0: Exactly, and I know that I visited. I visited that library during my first week there, or first month there, I guess, far more often than anyone ever visited the library there. I was grabbing books and looking up references for things that I easily could have looked up on Google. I definitely did not need to go over as often as I did, but yeah, that's what you do when you're trying to pursue somebody, I guess. Um, And there was one time in particular, you were in the parking lot and your window was rolled down and I remember you were just sitting there. I
1: had to check important social media, media accounts. because I'm a kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah, right. I remember walking out. I was like, oh my gosh, he's there. And we had a brief interaction and I got in the car and I remember like rolling up my or like, you know, getting in my car, making sure it was all sealed up. And then I immediately was like squealing to myself, which is pretty nauseating to look back on i don't do those things anymore but um
1: (laughs) i don't think that's true either um it's important to note that this was somewhere in here was the start of us fighting over this premium parking spot that um really it was just this spot the parking lot was in two tiers and we always parked in the second tier and this one spot was the one that was closest to the stairs the closest was, to the stairs going lazy. down it wasn't even that it was you had um no one could park beside you on that one side because there was this little you know white lined off area where it wasn't anything So it was still the parking lot it was just this is where the stairs are so um, it became a joke and became a way for us to flirt there. Would it be like, oh, you got the parking spot? Oh, no, I got the parking spot. And
0: exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause, you know, we're, we were mature adults at this point. At, and we
0: couldn't just say, at, hey, I'm attracted to you. Yeah, at,
1: at 25 and 22, we were yeah. mature adults. But also, again, uh, I discourage workplace romances and whatnot. But, you know, uh, when you're, i'm an incredibly introverted person so um
0: how do you meet people yeah exactly
1: how do you how do you meet people when you're a normal average adult without strong hobbies that put you um, or you have hobbies that are more like these are things i do by myself as opposed to reading
0: and knitting or whatever
1: not things that you go out and interact with people it is hard to meet people and um i don't think either one of us were dating app type people, mm-hmm. um, neither one of us had been on dating apps. So it wasn't something that we were interested in trying or even pursuing at that time back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, how we'd feel about that now, five years later, if neither one of us, if we hadn't met and we weren't in a relationship, I don't know. Um,
0: I, so. lived vicarious. I lived vicariously through all of my friends that had Bumble and uh, Tinder. That's how a lot of my friends met their significant others. And I remember asking them a lot about the dates that they were going on because I never was like that i just never did join yeah and our our dating history is fairly similar in that it's pretty limited both of us only had a, a handful of relationships um so anyway we were flirting a lot and we eventually started chatting on facebook was the the start of it um I remember I was able to see your interests, and one of them was The Legend of Korra. And I remember, oh, I'm, I I pretended as if I had never seen it before and that I was thinking of starting it for the first time. And so I asked you if you had seen it because I was just starting it, which it was a lie, but it wasn't a lie because I was – start. I let me think about this for a second. Okay, I – I was starting it for the first time once I realized that you had it as one of your interests. What she's saying
1: is she catfished me.
0: I saw that you liked it, and then I had watched Avatar The Last Airbender. It was something that my sister had watched, so I had an interest already in it, too, but now I had a reason to start watching it.
1: You had a different experience with it than me because um, I think... We were two and a half years different in age. So, you know, around the time it was airing, it was more of you were the target age group for Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, whereas I well, I I didn't have cable at the time. Um, so I didn't even have access to Nickelodeon, so I, I couldn't actually watch it. So I did not get interested in the franchise until just a year or so before you and I met. And I had just come off being super like obsessed with the whole franchise and was still super into it. So I had a lot of um, just like stuff about it on my Facebook. And this is me being overly confident in Facebook privacy settings and thinking, <laughs> oh, I've got all my privacy settings set to max. And Hannah's not going to be able to find my Facebook, but I'm going to drop this one hint. And if she really is interested, maybe she'll try it. So anyway, I dropped a hint about a way about a mutual friend or whatever that is discovered we had on Facebook. um, and or I told her that we had one mutual friend or something like that. So anyway, she ended up finding my Facebook. But I thought even if she found it, unless I accepted a friend request, then she wouldn't be able to see all these things. But apparently, a lot of my interests were still public despite me thinking they were
0: My determination cannot be hindered by facebook privacy so what she's
1: saying is that she is a a, stalker i'm a crazy person (laughs) that she stalked me um and then and then catfished me into um being like oh man this person that i'm hesitant about because workplace romances are a bad idea and i should actually stay away and not make bad decisions even though she's cute and i want to know more about her this is a bad idea but i'm gonna play with fire a little bit here did you guys just
0: hear that i was called cute because i heard it
1: I don't remember that. I blacked out. <laughs> Any, Anyway, so...
0: So we started talking on Facebook. Um, once we got each other's numbers, there was a night that we stayed up really late. It was like a Saturday. No, it was a Friday night. You had a bunch of friends over, I believe. And somebody look it up. October 11th, 2015. Was that a Saturday or a Friday?
1: It was. A, it was a... What holiday would that be? Because I know... We were, we were close. Work was closed. It was a long weekend because work was closed that Monday. So what? Holiday Let me look it up really October. Quick. Um, I know we had a long weekend. So it was. It
0: Labor Day? I mean, it um, was not, not Labor Day, but uh, no, Memorial Day. Oh my yeah,
1: gosh. It may have been Labor Day. Maybe also there's a chance that our office was closed for the Royals um, because of the time that was the year that the uh, Royals won the World Series and our office at that time, um, had, it was a Sunday. Okay. So yeah, we were closed the following day on Monday for whatever. Oh, that
0: makes sense. Okay. So yeah, I I remember now. Um, so it was a Saturday that you had a bunch of people over.
1: Yeah. We just had like, um, I was living with two of my best friends at the time and, um, we just had like a house party or whatever. So
0: yeah. And I was texting you, but then the phone got passed around and I basically talked to all of your your closest friends that night. And it got pretty late. I think it was like two in the morning when finally I was... When
1: all of the best decisions are made. Exactly.
0: Right. After talking to all your friends with copious alcohol in their systems, I finally got back to you. you. And um, I think one of them pressured you into asking me out
1: Well, a couple of them were like, you need, you need to ask her out. She's, she's still talking to her this time. You, you need, you need, you need to ask her out. And I was like, uh, I don't think I should be making decisions right now. (laughs) No. Um, I, I will emphasize that my hesitance really was a lot of my hesitance was, you know, we are coworkers and she just started working here and this is a bad idea and I don't want to. Um, intrude
0: on her learning yeah I don't want
1: to mess up her learning experience and also um, doesn't look good on me to be going after the new person working there and also, you're very noble yeah I don't know about that but anyway um, I eventually asked her out and said do you want to go on a date tomorrow or whatever i don't know what i said i don't probably didn't i think I, you right, said are you probably...
0: free for coffee tomorrow okay
1: yeah i think which was probably words planted which
0: i don't care what i had going on the next day <laughs> i was free for coffee
1: so she's <laughs> like i was supposed to be climbing mount everest but you don't need to know that <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: so i was fairly confident you were going to cancel on me because i figured you were not going to feel well which you did not feel well i the did next not day. feel
1: well but i still stuck it out and yeah. it did Even I put it on you to plan everything. So you decided where we went and what we did, uh, what we did, we did, we did get coffee.
0: We did. Yeah. We went to Starbucks, uh, which I was well familiar with because I, like I had mentioned in the introduction episode was that I was a former barista. Um, and so we got coffees. We went to a park. Well, uh, it was, it's a man-made lake pond. I don't know. I mean, I
1: think they call it a lake, but it's, you know. It's small. It's, it's really a, a,
0: it's a large body of water that we walked around several times and uh, just started chatting and getting to know each other better. And we covered pretty much every topic that if you looked up a list of things that you should not talk about on a first date, that was pretty much everything that we talked about on that first date. Neither one of us really had any bound like boundaries it didn't seem like either one of us was trying to hide anything we're very forthcoming people in our intentions and what we want we're not very secretive or um
1: and i think that that goes back to um talking about mentioning our limited dating history or whatever i think um Just both of us at that point were far more interested in trying to find something that could potentially be a long-term relationship as opposed to something that would be short-lived or um, just hanging out or whatever. We wanted something more um, serious. So I think we were covering topics that were important to us, important to getting to know us, important to um, these are things that matter. To us as individuals and seeing if we connect on those levels of things that are that are important.
0: Which I think it was clear from the get-go that we were fairly compatible. It was very clear to me that uh family was important to you. And I told you I had a big family that I was really close with. So Um, that date lasted for eight hours. I remember that. At the time I was living at my parents' house, uh, saving some money before I, I moved out and i remember so we we went on the date and then we went back to the house that you were living with with your roommates at the time so i we went had this really long intense conversation then i met your roommates i think that somewhere in there we had our first kiss then we went to dinner so it was None of this was really planned uh, other than the coffee and the walk. None of the other things were planned.
1: And I'll say I was just a bundle of anxiety this whole time and just assumed I was doing everything wrong because in my head I was like these are all the things you don't do yeah. on a first date, all the things you don't talk about on a first date. Um and I think I was convinced myself I was like why is this date still happening? I've clearly messed up everything and I was like I couldn't read or interpret you and
0: well, and I had, like I said, I have fairly limited dating experience. And the reason being, well, probably for many reasons, um, but I have really high standards. I do not want to waste my time with a guy that I know is not um, serious, is not respectful, is not, you know, polite, is not funny, <laughs> is lame. Like, I, I just, I don't really. I don't, I don't mess around like that. So well, I'm, I'm
1: definitely lame. So she messed around. Anyway.
0: <laughs> I don't mean lame as in like you're like nerdy or whatever. I mean lame as in like you're just like you don't have anything going on and for you that's yours. Like you don't um, have any passion, any drive, any you know anything like that. Uh, I that's what I consider lame. I think people that have no, you know. And don't care. That's the other thing. Is like if you don't have a clear path in life, you're not sure. That's one thing. But if you don't know what you want to do in life, but you don't care, and you're just content with just kind of floating out in this ocean of nothingness, I have a problem. I think that's lame. Um, but anyway,
1: I think she wants. You know, what she's trying to say is that she likes people who have things that they're passionate about. Yeah, and
0: um, people that care. People yeah, that and, give and a not, crap.
1: And that's the thing. We don't want to we don't want to take away or insult anyone that doesn't necessarily have a clear direction right. or um, path in life. Cause that's a really challenging thing to find. And especially as we mentioned us not being experts or anything, there's obviously for neither one of us, there's something that um, really pulls us or compels us to do one particular um, goal or like journey or whatever in life. But we have, each have a lot of different things that we're passionate about and hobbies and things that we're interested in exploring. And I think, I know that was something that early on you told me that was important to you, was just someone that was passionate about something, yeah, something you, know, anything. you know, you know, something, yeah. whether I mean, it,
0: hopefully something good, not, yeah, you know, yeah. my passion is stalking people or, well,
1: know. clearly Hannah's, passion was stalking (laughs) people so um but you know talking about hobbies or interests or um just you know human service things or volunteering or something something like that and um i think that's that's something anyone can connect with or relate to and be like you know you, you want someone who has drive you want i think um i think with any relationship that having things in common is important but it's just as important to have things that um makes you, you
0: different and, and can strengthen the other person yes. yeah um like i said i am um, not to totally veer off what we were talking about but i am being an optimist at least it, the way that I am, I can tend to live with my head in the cloud sometimes. And I don't always think everything through because I think things will just work out. I don't necessarily have to have a plan B or a safety net. I just think, well, if I work hard, it's going to work out. Um, and I think that you sometimes are thinking that, you know, the worst case scenario is always going to happen. So you don't always go for things that you...
1: Yeah, I, I have to have a plan. I need to know what my end point is before I can start anything. And I think that, that that often means I don't end up starting things or I don't enjoy the journey. And um my perspective helps Hannah not overcommit herself to a bunch of different things or to um always or to overlook the things that could go wrong. And then she counters that in me. Yeah, and she and she counters that in me too make me see more of the good in every day and also to not be afraid not as afraid to try things and if they don't work out they don't work out right
0: so i think it was important to me to not find anyone who was exactly like me i didn't want to you know my friends are fairly similar to to who i am but i think it's important to surround yourself with people who challenge your uh your viewpoints and you know, if you have someone like that as your best friend, I think that would be really stressful. Uh, But, you know, and and we are fairly similar. We see eye to eye on most things, but our general um, outlook on life is fairly different. And I think that has always been, I mean, it's a friction point. Sometimes Um, I definitely get frustrated when I feel like you're not being as, you know, optimistic as you could be. And then I think you get frustrated because I'm thoughtless when it comes to a lot of, um, like house projects or what, or whatever. Um, because I just want to go things head on, head strong. Yeah. You have more
1: of a dive in, whereas I'm like, I I will never start something because I'm so worried about all the ways that we need to figure out our plan beforehand to make sure it's going to work, um, seamlessly. And, as we all know, that's just not how life works. Life doesn't work without uh, yeah. unforeseen circumstances coming up. And we'll get into that more in the next episode. Um, I think we're on a bit of a tangent here. So let's switch back into um, our first date. And I will say, um, I think the other takeaway from that was her coming to my new um, – well, new. I was new. We just – my roommates and I had just started renting this place together so her meeting my friends um and getting to know more about me through um the type of people I was associating with but she also saw my um man cave of like all of my nerdy posters and artwork that were on the wall because I was recently going through a phase of um I'm a nerd and I'm going to fly my geek flag high and be like, "These, are, this is all this anime that I like. These are all these comic book things that I like and stuff like that. And I had just um, the two years before that I had gone to Comic-Con um, in Chicago two years in a row and I was really like advertising that on on social media and all these things like I was really, you know, advertising that, hey, I'm a nerd, and this is me, and I'm unapologetic about it, and um, if people don't like it, then I I don't care. I'm not going to associate with those types of people. But that was something I definitely did not advertise or show off at work, because I was at the time very focused on, this is my work persona, this is my life persona, and um, so I think I I felt very vulnerable, and I think that's why I um, also felt like I'm doing everything on this date wrong. And it's like, there's a difference between you knowing that I liked, um, Legend of Korra and Avatar The Last Airbender. And then you be like, oh, here's my wall of anime posters. Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, so long story short, short, the first date went really well. We continued talking, uh, four days later. Um,
0: I asked you to ask me to be your girlfriend, yes. why, which in in hindsight, I don't know why I just didn't ask you to be my boyfriend. I think I wanted to, because you were so cautious about everything at the beginning, you, you were so worried about work and, and whatnot. I definitely didn't want to come on. To, well, okay.
1: I, think <laughs> I was going to say
0: come on too strong, which, uh, I definitely did. You but. definitely
1: did. And I think that that was what I mean, because I think I... My confidence in relationships and my ability to handle myself in a relationship or dating, not even relationships, just dating. Like I had zero confidence in that at all at the time. So like someone that I was clearly being very open with about like, hey, these are all the things that are traditionally unfavorable about me or whatever. Um, And you kind of accepting and actually being interested in all these things that made me me and um it took me a long time to accept that or get I guess to get my head around the fact they're like wait what why are you not running for the hills right now and we're like this guy's a loser
0: I like I said I I don't care what it is I find passion to be sexy to be very intriguing I I don't necessarily care what that thing is i think it's a very favorable trait and very becoming of a person to be extremely passionate about a hobby or um you know as long as it's not doing harm unto somebody i i I think that's a pretty attractive trait so i and i have watched my fair share of anime and read was it manga manga i always called it manga clearly she's
1: an expert obviously it's Um. not
0: what I am yeah not an expert uh but no I it's not something that I am reading all the time but I I've definitely had my fair share of um reading manga manga what what is it manga okay well anyway um so I was not turned off at, at all I was not running for the hills as he says um I was definitely focusing on the aspects that I have been looking for in a partner which was the fact that you were extremely respectful of me we had a really good time we you know joked around a lot that was the thing I was like how is he attractive and nice and funny like I was how
1: I'm the full package
0: I I don't say things like this is because you tease me but no I (laughs) um I was obviously hooked right at the beginning. I remember I got back from that date. And like I said, I was living it with my parents at the time. I got back and I flopped onto my bed and rolled around like a fish. I was like just squeeing and, again, pretty nauseating. Back.
1: I love him. I love him. but I don't care who knows
0: <laughs> I think I even told my mom that night that I was going to marry you. I, I think I was that kind of delusional. Psycho.
1: <laughs>
0: but look where we are now. We became official four days later. Um... I mean, there's not anything specifically notable within our first year of or our first, you know, before we got engaged, I guess, other than meeting each other's family, which was extremely important to me and to you that we got along with each other's family. Which I
1: think it was another thing we did fairly early on, um, which, again, that was important for us. And we don't want to say one way or another because I know a lot of people wait a long time before they introduce – um a new romantic partner or whatever to family and um you know whatever whatever works for you and however that works for you, for you but i think for us it was important to um okay hey we're vibing with each other here but this is important and if we're not going to get along well with each other's families and this probably isn't um gonna work gonna work because those are things that are were important to each one of us individually and that's that's the point to stress there is that that was something for each of us individually it was crucial
0: it was i mean it was a deal breaker if we did not uh at least mostly get along with each other's family it for me it was a deal breaker um you know you're not going to form a very close bond with each other's family like right out of the gate i don't think it's i think that's an unrealistic expectation to have but um basically if you walked in and you suddenly flipped the script and were a totally different person in front of my family and were like you know overly I don't know just if any there were if there were any red flags that came up um, I would know that that it would it wouldn't work no matter how much I liked you or thought that you were cute or whatever if you didn't get along with my family then that was that so we did get along with each other's family Uh and and
1: friends family and friends yeah
0: and that Um, was definitely kind of at the core of our the year and a half that we were boyfriend and girlfriend before we got engaged was you know spending time with each other and then those group settings
1: yeah yeah
0: spending holidays for the first time with each other and yeah fast forward to april of 2016 correct 17 17 yeah 2017 um We had been talking about getting engaged. It was definitely on our brains. And we did go ring shopping together, which I don't care what anyone chooses to do. Um, I do think it can be very romantic for somebody to surprise the other person with uh, an elaborate proposal. I think that can be very romantic. But you and I are pretty low-key. We're not very fussed and neither one of us as much as I like to entertain people and um tell a good story I don't really enjoy being the center of attention um
1: you also um something you talk about often is that you get really bad secondhand anxiety so the idea of me even trying to do first of all I'm not good at like I, I know I said I'm a planner but trying to plan like surprises um it's not, a, it's not, so, and keep it secret. I'm not good at like keeping secrets.
0: Sidebar just for a second. That gave me a flashback to the time that I planned your 27th birthday. Um, I can definitely relate to that feeling of total panic and stress when it comes to planning a surprise, anything. Uh, getting your family and friends on board to meet us at a restaurant and just it's make my sure my 26th birthday. Oh, 26th birthday. That's right. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it was so stressful to figure out the timing. And basically all this is to say that I can't imagine – that was for a birthday and not even like a milestone birthday, like 30 or 25 or
1: 50. So, so even if it was something that I was good at, like coordinating or whatever, I don't know how Hannah would have handled a big, elaborate, public proposal yeah. like that where I coordinate a bunch of people, But again – Hats off to anyone who does manage to get their proposal recorded, have that plan, keep it all secret, and not um, create any suspicion at all. Because, um,
0: and and I w- I'll just interrupt again. I think that it is very just basically know the person that you are proposing to.
1: Yeah, know what they're know what they're looking for, and obviously, like she mentioned, we went ring shopping together, and that was something we talked about before when we started talking about okay hey you know we're at the point where we're considering engagement we had that conversation together that's what worked for us know your partner know what what they're expecting or know what they're what they're looking for um because you shouldn't be getting engaged if you don't know them well enough to know what you know is going to be okay if they're if you know if you propose in a way that's really disappointing to them then yeah. maybe you're doing it prematurely because you don't know um, them well enough know them well enough to plan what they would really be looking for and that's you know i viewed it from the perspective of this ring is something you're going to be wearing for the rest of our lives together and i want to make sure that it's um what you really want yeah so anyway we had to keep moving forward, we had, uh, went back to a vineyard that we went to on our one year anniversary that we went to by chance. Um, on our one year anniversary, we were trying to go to a local cider mill and, um,
0: the kids were out of school that day for whatever reason. I'm, I'm not sure what the purpose was.
1: I think that one was, that one was actually for labor day
0: and we didn't believe. expect it so there were kids running everywhere it was not the most romantic place yeah. to spend a an, it was a year and a half it wasn't even again it wasn't like a super milestone the only well, no, break-
1: that the first time we went the first time we went to the oh, vineyard was right. our year right. anniversary so what ended up happening is it was a total accident that we ended up there because when we were going to the cider mill we saw signs for this vineyard and anyway we ended up there we were like the only people there when we got there so got like the you know first class service with doing a tasting neither one of us had done a wine tasting before and um I think that's something that'll be a recurring theme for us is a lot of the things that we planned or rather didn't plan were some of our the things that we didn't plan were some of our um favorite, experiences and I will that'll be a recurring theme with me in general because I often find that the times that I have the most fun are times when I did not plan go figure I'm a planner and the times when things go well and I didn't plan anything is you know those are my favorite memories so anyway so that's what, how we knew about this vineyard and it was our our 18 month anniversary of dating which was really only significant because it was a saturday and she knew I had the ring at this point, but I had already been out of it. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to propose to you at this thing where we know we're going and doing something. I need to figure something else out. But of course I was like, this is in my head. I was like, this is dumb. Why am I not? Why Why <laughs> would I?
0: I was thinking that too. I was yeah, like, what are you waiting well, for? Well, it was one of those
1: things where it was like, we'd already made the decision. And I think that's where, you know, we, we decided from a very logical perspective, like we're ready to take this next step. And then just sitting on this ring seemed silly because we both know knew it was coming. And um, if
0: you had tried to plan anything, my alarms would be going off. I, it's not like there's nothing that you could have done at that point where I wouldn't be suspicious.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where in my head I was like, oh well, I can't propose at this thing because it's going to be obvious that that's what gonna do. So I have to tell you beforehand, no, I'm not going to propose during this. But then I grabbed it that morning that morning, and my dumb self had okay. First of all, movies and proposal videos, all these things. Everyone, the guy pulls out the whole ring box, and I'm like, okay, I don't know where he was smuggling that because. <laughs> what
0: cavity of his body? i, mean, like, I was like, hiding like, I in.
1: had it. She, she, on the way to the vineyard, she sees the <laughs> ring box poking out of my pocket oh, on yeah. the way there. So apparently, which like I. Like a mile. I, long. Me being an idiot, thinking, oh, if I tuck my leg right, she won't notice it. And of course, she tells me afterward that she saw it and knew all along that I had yeah. it or whatever. Um, and, of course, I had no plan for when we were there or when I was going to do it or whatever. So it was like she probably would have been really disappointed if I actually didn't follow through with it. She probably would like, oh, uh, okay, seriously, what is that and why <laughs> have you not, like, yeah. done me. this yet? Yeah. Um. Anyway, long, you know, we went around. I, I walked her around to the back. And I was super nervous and anxious and, like, again, I don't know why. We both knew it was coming. I was super –
0: and I could tell you were sweating bullets. Again, I knew you had it. I knew you were going to. And we just kept like, we went and got glasses of wine. And I kept thinking, I was like, I need to get him, like a, get a drink in him so he can relax. <laughs> so we did get a drink and then we sat outside and, and sipped it. And I could just tell you were like, not physically, not not literally sweating, but you were sweating. I was like, all right. Look. And
1: the everything, it was really packed this mm-hmm. time too. It was really, it was really busy because it was, they were... Um, it was all outside this time and, um, there was live music and a lot going on. So there were a lot of people there, but so anyway, I ended up getting her to walk around with me by ourselves to the, um, backside of the venue, which they had a field there with a couple of horses. So like walked over there and, um,
0: that's where he asked me. Yes. And And I, I don't know why I always want to bring this. Up. I knew you were
1: going to bring it up, so I was I paused because I knew it's you wanted to funny. talk about it. It's
0: funny. I don't know why, it, but like he stood up. I looked at you know we snapped a photo, um, and then we like hugged. I don't remember the order of events, but I gave you a long hug, and I remember opening my eyes and there was a tree nearby <laughs> in the shape of a Y. So there was the the base, the trunk, and then it split off into two main um, portions, branches, and in the crux of the two branches there was a crumpled up empty miller light can and i don't know why but my eyes got locked onto that and i thought this is symbolic of something and i don't know what (laughs) i was like this is a metaphor what is it a metaphor for i don't know i just thought it was funny
1: so then we we went back around got another drink because at this point it was like okay now it's it's done there's this secret thing there's all that we're surrounded by all these people and we have this secret now Mm -hmm. um and i think it was shortly after that that some other couple got engaged which in retrospect i'm glad they got engaged after, after us since I they had this big elaborate a, one Yeah. i think there was a dog involved or something of course it was in front of everyone i think there was some a dog involved in this Puppy. proposal or whatever i don't know if the ring was tied to the dog or what i don't remember but it was like and then it was after that it was like okay, we saw what we need to see. We're going to leave now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's go. And then we made all of the phone calls. And I think we drove straight to my my parents' house and we told them we got engaged. And yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. That's the engagement story. Um, We got married a year and a half after we got engaged. So we waited a little bit of time. Um, You know, a lot of my, my... My two sisters who were married, they got engaged. And then, like, I think exactly a year later that they got married. So we waited a little bit longer. I
1: think we were just trying to enjoy the – or get used to calling each other fiancé. Yeah. um, Enjoy that. And also plan a wedding. Um, You know, again, as logical people, we picked our date based on we wanted to get married in the fall. And we also were trying to coordinate with – you know, I was in a I was in a rental property with my friends, and I had a lease, and trying to figure out um, a time when okay, let's get married when our when my lease is up, so I'm not breaking a lease, and then you know all the things associated with that or whatever. So, um, it worked it worked out great for us.
0: You ended up I was living with my sister at the time in her house that she had just purchased, and so it just. Worked out that your lease ended and then you moved in, I think, two months before the wedding. Is that right?
1: Yeah, something like
0: that. So, and we lived with my sister for a year or so. A little
1: over a year. Yeah. Um,
0: saving money and, I mean, just kind of... it. And again, I... This is just our experience. I think that every couple is different. And I think some couples do need to... Um, you know, they would benefit from being on their own right away and struggle together and figure out, you know, how they're going to manage the world and navigate the world together, lean on each other and not on anyone additional for support. Yeah. But for us, we are very, again, logical people. And it seemed like a necessary stepping stone um, because, yes, we were excited to live together for you know for the first time and and whatnot but when we were spending time together at your house there were always your roommates around and then whenever you know I moved out there was my roommate and so it was kind of a nice stepping stone where we were living together but there was an additional person there and it was family so it was yeah
1: and it worked for us and there's obviously difficulties with that especially when you're having like a difficult conversation or whatever and then you realize we're not in our own space or whatever so
0: um, trying to be respectful of that while also trying to, if you're having a difficult conversation or a fight or or whatever, you want to wrap it up and actually, you know, come to some sort of resolution. But to do that in a shared space with somebody, you have to be respectful that, okay, this is their sanctuary and you're bringing in kind of stress into their world. So just finding the right balance and, you know, maybe moving it to a private place and finishing that yeah. conversation. And
1: I think that that was um, – It can go either way for people. Some people, I think, um, I think a lot of people would discourage that, especially in their first year of marriage, to live with someone else and to not live alone. Because, I mean, we got
0: got some feedback from people that that was not the best way to go about it, and we respectfully did not follow the advice of some other people. We did what
1: made sense For for us, and um. You know, as with anything, there were advantages and disadvantages to that. So we just did decide that what was important to us was to um, pay off some bills that we had individually, mm-hmm. to um, save up money because neither one of us really wanted to. Um, we were we were ready to have our own space and feel our own space. I had hopped around in several different rental properties for a while, um, both apartments and houses. And I was ready for something a little more permanent that felt like getting grounded in in, like finding my roots. Like this is my, this is my place. And I think that you were doing that too, where you were ready to just have something a little more permanent. So for us, it made sense to pay off some bills and also save money until we could get a house for ourselves. So I think that's the next step that, um,
0: and, and you, you know, what do you do when you do things like that? I mean, you sacrifice the, you know, there, there is a possibility that if we would have moved out sooner and figured out how to pay bills and not, and be okay with being a little bit in debt, we could have had perhaps a an experience that could have strengthened our relationship. I think
1: we were really bad about dating. Like we weren't um, going on dates. Mm-hmm. Because um, we and,
0: and this is a recurring theme in our relationship as well is that you and I are both very frugal and we 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 do not like debt. I mean, I don't know anyone that likes debt, but we were very intentional that first year of marriage to pay off debt and you know start saving and having that cushion before we did make a house purchase,
1: which worked for us, you know, in most ways. But it's definitely one of those things where it's like you eventually start to feel claustrophobic or whatever about like I'm not and especially for me this is something I have to be careful of is making sure that I'm enjoying things as opposed to always this is our plan these are the steps we have to get here and then once we get to that destination we'll be happy Mm -hmm. and I think that is definitely going to be a recurring theme for us and um, as a little teaser to our next episode we'll talk about um, the next episode will be very focused on how sometimes, no matter how much you plan, something can life can happen and slap you in the face and surprise you and completely change that plan. So it is important to
0: be adaptable. Flex- yeah, and, and it's
1: important to make sure you're actually enjoying the time as you go through, as opposed to just. Um, we
0: definitely suffered from being business partners and not, you know fiance's or husband and wife that's
1: I'll, i'll say here we mentioned we met through work we do no longer work together and um something we didn't really touch on but definitely was a hurdle throughout our entire relationship up through um at the time we got married we did still work together and um that definitely adds a complication. There's a certain um,
0: we could do an entire episode on dating a coworker. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but I just you know all the things that you would expect, where um, and the things you the things you wouldn't expect were you know everyone at your your life. It, it, you, there's a blurred line between your personal life and your professional life, um, which I mentioned earlier was something that had always been important to me to have that clear delineation. Well. Um, that gets blurred and then also it becomes hard to leave work at work when you both are so so aware of what's going on at work and any stressors or something like that that you have Um, it's hard to let those let those moments pass or whatever so anyway
0: and having a conversation about work when you're at home the while it's important to be able to talk to your significant other about your stressor, stressors at work and, and situations that you've been in when you know in such granular detail as to what the other person is working on and doing day-to-day is really it, difficult. Yeah,
1: it's it's hard for both of you yeah. from both angles of trying to be supportive and also trying to let things go. Um, mm-hmm. we, you know, We very likely will cover that in another mm-hmm. episode at some point. a little more detail but point is to say that within a year um, less than a year of us getting married we did start seriously looking for houses um we found a we found a house while at the time it didn't feel quickly we did find a house fairly quickly um and you know we proceeded with that and got our first house in October
0: of 2019
1: 2019 um and we spent about a month and a half doing a lot of cosmetic updates which we dragged out because we did a lot of the demo work ourselves and then we did a lot of uh painting ourselves um
0: yeah that was the house that we got is a um an older house 40 years old I think is when it yeah, it was, yeah exactly. it was 40
1: years old when we bought it.
0: I mean, that's not old compared to some of the other houses, but um, it was not a new build. It was definitely what?
1: Yeah, I was going to say in an age of HGTV where we're right. con- where I think you're kind of constantly bombarded with the um, style changes and updates and whatever when you come into a house that hasn't had a lot of stylistic changes mm-hmm. for that time. But we, we were focused on the bones. We were focused on – um big ticket items making sure everything that you know could be a big expense or whatever Mm -hmm. was um accounted for taken care of and then we could really focus on like how do we take this space and make it ours so i think that was a really that was that was a really fun it was a stressful experience because we were i mean we were working full-time leaving work um coming over here every night because it wasn't we were not able to live in the house because of all the stuff we were doing. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we were tearing up floors, like you said. We were yeah. painting constantly. It was, um, it definitely didn't make sense for us to try to live in the same space that we were – that was essentially a construction zone.
1: Yeah, and it – so it was obviously, again, a huge advantage, and and we're lucky to have had the opportunity to continue to indefinitely live with her sister at this time um, while we navigated through that and were able to do what we wanted – to do mm-hmm. um so that's you know we went into went into 2020 with still working on house projects and and then at that point we were settling down on the bigger ones that we were doing right now um obviously anyone who owns a house um you know that the projects never end mm-hmm. and anyone who's planning on or hoping to get away from rental life and get a house and just know that projects will never end and (laughs) that there will always be surprises and unexpected things that will go wrong or turn up especially when you're doing renovations because there is no better way to find problems with your house than when you start tearing stuff out when you bring
0: things back to the studs you get to see the fundamental
1: issues yes
0: Uh, not that we were tearing down a a ton of walls or anything but i mean that any
1: anytime you mess with something you find the yeah or flaws.
0: exactly i just realized we totally bypassed the wedding
1: i think that that is okay because i do want to do a whole episode on our wedding and um planning our wedding and how you know spoiler alert it i think neither one of us could have imagined it going any better than mm-hmm. it did, and yeah. that includes the fact that it did not necess. There were things that didn't necessarily go the way that we planned. So yeah, um, or we'll our, definitely or our honeymoon, yeah. And I think we, I think I want to do a whole episode just like between our wedding and honeymoon, mm-hmm. devote an episode to that because I think there, I think we have a lot to share there. Again, not ex. Obviously, we're experts on our own wedding and honeymoon, but I think as far as um, people planning on getting married or You know, hoping to get married or whatever, um, I think we have some insight that we can share there too from what we learned from our experience.
0: Yeah. And a spoiler alert again, um, it is so important to do that. It's just, and actually, our so not the next episode, but the one after that is hopefully going to be about knowing yourself. And I hope that we can um, bring on a guest who introduced us to the Enneagram, uh, which is a personality inventory type of um, quiz that you can do. And um, I definitely want to do something like that. But yeah, knowing yourself, knowing what's important to you, that's a total theme uh, across all these episodes. But um, when it comes to a wedding, there are certain traditions with weddings that don't have a lot of – Impact on me. I was not concerned about a lot of the something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and you know, having a um, maid of honor and things like that. There are some traditional wedding things that I just didn't care about, and I think that that's fine. If there are things that you don't find important, don't get hung up on those little details because if it's not going to make you any your wedding day any more special, then focus on something that would make it more special for you. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get more into that in that episode, I guess. But um, that's definitely going to be part of it. And again, with the honeymoon, don't just go somewhere that, you know, don't go to Sandals, Jamaica and do an all- all-inclusive all Package because that's what you think that you should do. Um, if you want to, that's great. But um, we definitely had a what I would consider a non-traditional honeymoon, and it was the best time ever. So
1: the next thing um, we we want to talk about is we want to kind of tease what the next episode is going to be. But before that, we want to introduce the wisdom nugget, um, and we'll have Hannah define wisdom nuggets again. She talked about that a little bit in episode zero. So
0: yeah, um, I had a fiction writing teacher who talked about these things called wisdom nuggets that would occur in, uh, stories that were submitted. And a wisdom nugget is when your character in a story just regurgitates the theme or the moral of the story in a very, uh, forthcoming way and it's the whole thing with fiction writing is that you should show and not tell um because your readers are smart don't treat them like they're stupid
1: and you're a bad storyteller if you have to say word for word what your theme is you didn't do a good job of setting it up or the whole purpose of storytelling which is to make something relatable through
0: yeah you definitely do not want to spoon feed your audience because that's a surefire way of Getting everyone to roll their eyes.
1: But on this podcast, on the other hand,
0: that is not necessarily the intention. I, I don't care about subtlety. I don't really think it's important to be, you know, I know that the listeners are not stupid, but I also think to round out a story or the, an episode to bring it back to what were the goals. And I guess she was, wants
1: to be transparent yeah. in telling you what we hope people can gain. from what we're saying and listening to us talking for an hour um so
0: Mm -hmm. so the wisdom nugget of today's episode it's a little bit more challenging with this episode being all about you and i and not a topic that everybody can um relate to uh, because i think that you and i are Yes, we're average people, but we definitely have marched to the beat of our own drums, I think, throughout our relationship, Um, which I think is a fairly good (laughs) wisdom nugget.
1: I think that is the wisdom nugget. I think that's the thing that we've kept circling back to throughout this discussion of um, how our relationship started and progressed. Mm -hmm. I think it all comes back to... um, Being true to ourselves and being, and therefore being true to each other. Yeah. And good communication and making sure that um, we are open and honest with each other every step of the way, even when it was difficult or uncomfortable or whatever.
0: Yeah. I think also, like, to not get hung up on the shallow, I like to say, I've used this word several times. to you, at least, you know, that I wouldn't get hung up with the Instagram ability of your life. I think in today's age with social media, it is so easy to live your life in a way that will look good to others. And I think people get caught up with um, figuring out, like making decisions, even just like where you want to go, what, what you want to eat, like Will it look good in a picture? And will you like you know? And I, I, I just, I totally reject that idea of living life for somebody else. You know. Yeah.
1: Um. And you, we've talked about this before. How you, you, you miss out on enjoying life, or when when you're looking at everything in life through your phone screen, or thinking about, um, how am I going to spin this event? to be a clever post to share with people um
0: and i mean we definitely fall victim to that oh we do it of, all the time all the time yeah
1: and that's why i i mean i feel terrible all the time about how much time i spend just scrolling mm-hmm. on social media or whatever but um i think that's part of what the point of this podcast is is to take a step back and yeah,
0: challenge challenge the way that you're um, the behaviors that you're exhibiting and the Uh, viewpoint the lens in which you're viewing the world you know if you're um you know going throughout life hoping that it looks good to somebody else i mean what's what is the point i guess
1: and that i think is the perfect time to wrap this episode up with a teaser of our next episode um
0: it's really yeah it's episode number two but i think i'm going to label this one as episode 1.1 1. 1 and the next one, 1. 1.2 because it's a continuation of our story
1: and it'll give a better perspective on why we started this podcast and what our our true motivations behind it mm-hmm. were um so needless to say 2020 took everyone by surprise um i think every i think there was definitely a air of everyone thinking oh this is going to be my year um turns out it was no one's year um <laughs> there i
0: there were no winners in there, there, there were no
1: winners um anyway while we have faced all of the challenges and um not all of them but many of the challenges and life upturning events that everyone has felt navigating this pandemic um we had a we, very unique we challenge. We had a very unique experience that tied into, um, there was very much also influenced by the pandemic and made things. And so we had something that would have happened to us regardless of whether or not COVID-19 had been a thing um, and that would have still happened this year. And then on top of that, all of the things that the pandemic changed, changed the way this event happened or occurred to us. So, um we'll definitely be hitting some heavier topics yeah. I think in that episode and
0: I think I might just go ahead and be forthcoming and say that I got sick this year. Um and not sick with the flu. I got sick with an autoimmune disease um which hit us both really hard. It was a very t- challenging time and um I am still dealing with it and will continue to deal with it for the rest of my life, but really heavily in the next couple of years. Um, so that's, I don't want to be uh, too, um, what's the word? Elusive about what's the, what the next episode's going to be about.
1: Um, and it's definitely changed our perspectives. And I think that that's why um, we feel at least minimally qualified to talk about the subject matter that we're going to talk about in terms of sharing our perspective sharing the average person perspective as we mentioned previously um you know it's a big part of why we're doing this so that's we're going to do a whole episode talking about yeah um, what happened and how and how it impacted us
0: i think that's it i think that wraps it up i think that's good okay thank you for listening and we will talk to you guys next time